You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. song tonight. If you would get your Bibles out, we're going to be tonight going to jump over to a passage that uh, was used to be such a blessing to my heart this past week, Psalm 107. Psalm 107. If you'll turn there, please. I'm finding out that some of you did go Online, I guess it is, and watch some of the live stream of the uh, Church Planters Conference, and I, I think you caught a little bit of what we were able to, to envision there in person. It's just, um, it was really a huge blessing. You could sense very strongly the Spirit of God. One of the young men that preached Wednesday night, we held church at uh, Southwest Baptist Church there, and um, I guess Brother Matt Farinella. I don't remember, where does Matt pastor now? Does anybody know where Matt is with his church? I can't remember. Well, well his dad is. Is he, with his, is he in the same state as his daddy? But um, <clears throat> he just told a story of his dad and how his dad was so genuinely called of God to go plant a church. And he goes through the long story of, of um, all the events that happened to them, that uh, the car that before they took off from probably 1,500 miles away to get to Washington where they were going to plant a church, they were told you're not going to get across town, much less to Washington. And he's like, well, I guess then we'll go as far as the car will run and that's where we'll stop and plant a church. And um, as, uh, as it turned out, the car made it all the way to Washington. And, and he tells about how hard the times were and about many times when there just wasn't any food in the cupboard and... Um, um, See, they had gone, they had enough to get, uh, I forget, some real small thing. We're going to take it back. And it seems like um, somebody was already there. Somebody already dropped off bags and bags of groceries. They didn't know anybody in that town. And this God just kept doing some unbelievable things. And it was, you know, of course you hear these stories. And we, those of you who've been saved for a long time, have heard those kinds of stories probably many times from different missionaries and different pastors and and maybe even yourself or some friends. But when he overlaid his story with this passage here tonight, and I'm not going to be able to obviously tell his story. Nobody tells a story like the person who has experienced it, and all of his emotion was just pouring through him. It was so powerful. I was That whole church was packed that night, lower level in the balconies, and... Uh, I'm convinced there wasn't one dry eye in that place and there wasn't one soul that wasn't touched. It was stirring. It was very, very moving. And um, the only way Psalm 107 can be uh, a true blessing to you is if you learn how to take your life's experiences and are willing to apply them to the biblical principles that are laid out in this chapter. So if you'll look with me there, we're in Psalm 107. Uh, my text verse is going to really begin in 23, but <clears throat> can we just look at a couple of spots here, uh, like verse 1? 
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Uh, verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and notice the phrase, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And there's a reason that he's saying those wonderful works. Look in verse 15, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, where he says it again, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, let's just, you have to notice that the psalmist is trying to get us to thank God for his goodness and how he has worked in the lives of men. And with some men, uh, maybe your testimony today is, man, it was good to be in church today. And that'd be a blessing. And to be honest, tonight, I'm very thankful to be here. Honestly, I I had visions of calling up Brother Doug and saying, Brother Doug, an hour before church, I can't make it. <laughs> yeah, I see that look in your eyes. <clears throat> but to be here tonight, honestly, is very encouraging. And I, my wife heard me grumble all the way to church today and tonight, and it, I feel pretty good. I'm so thankful for that. Maybe, that's, maybe your testimony is as mild or as light as that. But maybe you have some greater testimonies that if you would look back in your life and dig down into the deep storehouses of where you have been in life and places that God has allowed you to be taken to. Some of you, when we were reading those verses, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, that would just resonate so deeply in your heart and soul and the roots of the truth of those things would go running through your soul and you would be rem remembering exactly Oh, how good God is and his wonderful works that he's given to men. You get into verse 23, and I want you to follow along with me here and notice <clears throat> another set of verses, and we'll try to apply this to us here this evening. Verse 23 says, and, and listen to it carefully, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these See the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up, lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. I don't know if anybody's been out on the, the troubled seas before and have seen how those waves can be. It's It's stunning. Verse 27 tells us that they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Well, you know, that's in the Bible even. Uh, how many of us have ever used that word? I mean, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what I'm going to do. It was right out of the Bible, literally. Verse 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still then are they glad because they be quiet so he bringeth them unto their desired haven you want to read verse 31 out loud with me can we do that verse 31 the bible says oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let me just have a word of prayer there Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blessings of the week. I know I have been 
I hope I've not been over-talking it, but uh, telling about it throughout the, the day today and how the meetings have blessed my heart and for our church to be able to have had a part in the, the giving to those uh, church planters was truly a blessing. And then to have been so encouraged and blessed by all the messages, but especially that one Wednesday night, how you spoke to my heart. I pray that you'll help us to know how to apply it to our hearts here tonight as well. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Phil got to go and Preston got to go. And um, so you're going to remember portions of this. And if it sounds a little different than his, it's because I don't remember exactly how he said it. But I certainly do have uh, in my heart and mind the principles that were there that just burned on my heart. Can you just imagine <clears throat> if we were in a group of people somewhere in some place, a, um, it was an opportunity for men and women to be able to share uh, big blessings or blessings that God has done for you and how, how good God has been and how deep he really goes into the depths of your heart to really bless you. And, and he said, if you could just imagine a um, first man you know, uh, raises his hand and said, oh, I've got a, I want to share with you a blessing. I, I was out in the field working one day and I was working in my uh, garden or out in my field and I'd been out there all day. The sun was so hot and it was just beating down on me and I've been out there when it's like that and you just would give anything for a big glass of ice water and it was so hot and he said, I was sweating so bad and I was so miserable and he said, you know, I just prayed and I said, God, can you, can you just give a little relief? He says, and, and then he says, you know what? A cloud just came right over the top and just kind of hovered over me throughout, oh, you know, the rest of the afternoon and I just, the coolness of the breeze felt so good and it just seemed like God had delivered me from such great heat. Everybody's like, wow, that was, that was really neat. And then a second man could raise his hand. <clears throat> he would say, hey, me too. Same thing with me. I was delivered from some great heat also. You know, there was a day when the king demanded that me and my two friends needed to bow down to this 90-foot image. And, and when we refused to do so, man, that king got so mad at us, he, he grabbed us and threw us into this big burning furnace. He said the guys that threw us in there were burnt up. And he said, we got in there and we looked around and there was, there was a fourth man walking around in there. Our clothes weren't even burning. The only thing that burnt was the ropes that tied us up. And they called us back out and the king made us great leaders in that country. Yeah, they said, God delivered us from some great heat also. Can you imagine the first guy's testimony? Feeling like, Ugh, okay, I had a cloud. Those guys were thrown in fire, were delivered. Wow, what a testimony. How do you get a testimony like that? So another woman, uh, she'll stand, raises her hand. <clears throat> she says, you know, I had my little cat. It climbed up in this really, really tall tree, and I couldn't get it to come down to me. And, and, and wouldn't you know it, I prayed. I just asked for some help. And, uh, and along comes this uh, total stranger to me. I didn't know him from anybody. And he was willing to climb up in that tree and grab my cat and bring it down to me. And, and she says, as small as that might seem to some of you, uh, God seemed to answer my prayer, uh, my little cat story. And another guy raises his hand. Hey, I, I've got a cat story too. You know, there was a day I refused to stop praying. They set this law up. Nobody's supposed to request anything but from the king. And I wasn't about to stop praying to my God. Three times a day, I, I, I prayed to my God. And <clears throat> they came and got me. They were so mad at me. They threw me in a lion's den. Cat story. 
And, uh, and you know, I fell down into the lion's den, and, uh, you know, the, the lions were growling, and I, I could hear their stomachs rumbling, and I knew they were really hungry, but every time they'd try to make a move toward me, it was like God put his hand on them and closed their mouth. And uh, he said, the lions not only didn't bite me, I didn't even get bit by the fleas on the lions. It was an unbelievable story. King comes to the mouth of the pit, cries out to me, he says, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. The great God of heaven delivered me. Uh, from uh, such a terrible destruction and uh, man I, I got a cat story too can you think about the lady standing over there whose cat was taken out of a tree and there's this guy in a lion's den he was delivered from a lion's den how does he get such a great story like that and then we'll we'll look at another one how about a guy comes down into his basement maybe this could be any of you and uh, you've been gone on vacation this happens to lots of people and you look down in your basement and there's like a foot of water in your basement. And he said, oh my goodness, the water was rising up. It was about to destroy some really special pieces of furniture. And I couldn't figure out why the water wasn't draining. And, and he said, I finally got the water turned off. And then he said, I found what was wrong. A piece of paper had slid over, just sucked right over the top of the drain. And I was able to remove it. Man, the water all just went rushing out. And man, saved me from a lot of water damage. Another guy says, I, I got a water story, can you guess? I was told to build this huge ark. Nobody believed me. And, uh, and I built on it for 120 years. I tried to preach to all the people, and, and I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know for sure when. Sure enough, man, the clouds came rolling over. We got all a bunch of animals in this big boat. We finally got in. God closed the door. Man, the lightning and thunder and the rain was pouring and people pounding on the outside. And that ark was lifted up. And man, God saved us from that water too. And the other person thinks, and I told a basement story. How do people get big stories like that? Let me just say a couple things and I'll, I'll get into the rest of the message. Just because some stories are more phenomenal, humanly speaking, than others, listen to me, it does not lessen the fact that God does deliver us in small and great things. Zechariah says, who hath despised the day of small things? A lot of people do. My life is so small and insignificant, and these little things I have to share, and those great things that other people have to share, how do they get such great stories? Well, number one, God has to do all the delivering, uh, no matter how big or small it really is. So, here's where we want to go with our first point here tonight. My first point really is, great deliverance comes through great business. If you're a note taker, I would encourage you to write that down. Great deliverance comes through great business. Man, you guys have such great stories. I, I can't believe how do, how do people get great stories like that by doing great business. Now look in verse 23. That's where it says it very clearly. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. And what you need to understand here tonight, please get this, these guys were not sailors just out, um, you know, having a great time, you know, on the waters. Man, let's just, let's just go out and enjoy the waters today. We'll just sail around for a little bit. Um, but if I can just say this tonight for us, we have to be certain that we are following the calling of God on our lives. Christians need to know that you're following God's will for your life. 
Somebody may say, well, I have not been called to preach, and, and you guys can maybe have all the great stories. Not true. Not true whatsoever. God has a leading for everybody's life in here. I don't care if, if you're uh, a teenager or a young child, all the way through the adults here tonight, there is business that God has for every one of us here this evening. And great deliverance that we read about out of the lion's den and, you know, from the water and so forth. Great deliverance comes because of great business. Uh, the business God has given you to do, even if you're given to raise up a child, and, man, you spend all your day just training your children, and you look out and see everybody else, they're doing such great things at church, and all I'm doing is raising up these children and changing dirty diapers and feeding another mouth. And, guys, I'm going to tell you, if that's the business that God has given you to do, that is great business in God's eyes. Wherever God leads you to, uh, to serve him, whatever business God has led you into is a great business for God, and uh, great deliverance comes through great business. You need to truly understand that. And I, I'll just say it again. These guys were not just out there haphazardly riding around in a boat for pleasure, and then this great storm comes up, and then they get into trouble. That's not the way it, uh, it was. These men were actively carrying out their duty in life. They were carrying out business and in service in a proper way. That's when this great wind came up and the great storm overtook them. You read down to the end of the verses that we read tonight, you find great deliverance that happened to them. You say, how does that happen? How do guys have such tremendous, unbelievable stories in their lives? I can tell you, number one, it starts by understanding great deliverance comes through great business and doing exactly what it is God has for your life. If you're a Sunday school teacher, what a great job you have. I, we're talking this morning about the primary churches and the other things. Man, I thank God for those people that are out there doing great business. You may be thinking, well, the great business takes place here in the auditorium. Well, that would be my business to take care of. But others that are doing things, serving God in any capacity is a great business for God. Singing in the choir is a great business for God. And whatever God has led you to do, and again, well, I'm just doing the best I can to be the best dad I can be. Praise God. If you have children in your household, you're shaping those arrows that are in the quiver that one day are going to be shot out of your house, that Lord willing, you've carved on them long enough throughout the entire lifetime that they'll shoot uh, in a straight path and go ahead and serve the Lord. How do people have such great and tremendous stories of deliverance? Because they have great business. And I hope you don't look at anything that you do here at the house of God or at your work or at your household where you're trying to do all to the glory of God as being some kind of less than thing in life. If it is what God has led you to do, then that is a great business that the Lord has led you into. Can I just say this though? If possibly many of us sit in a pew and uh, come in and out of the church service we go home, carry our Bibles, put it on the table, and every now and then we'll read it a few times through the week. But God has prodded your heart that there is business for you to do, and you are not doing that business for God. And friends, you're missing out on the best God has for you. Uh, and I know Christianity is not all about great stories. I understand that. But you can't experience the will of God without ending up with some great stories of what God has done for you. And I would challenge you tonight, get in the business that God has uh, nudged your heart and maybe he's not been nudging, 
Maybe God's been pounding on your heart and you're holding back for some reason. Guys, we get one life. We get one chance. I started when I was 29 years old pastoring this church. That was like three years ago. And I'm 62 now. It's just zoom. It just goes by so fast. Before I know it, I'll be up in heaven with my mom and dad and about 30 others of us that used to be in this auditorium here in the past. And I'm just saying, you get one life to get it right. Get into God's business and don't play games with God. These guys got in the boat and they had business to do. Well, look what it cost them. And they went out there, got into a lot of trouble. I know that. But they were serving a great God. And to them, it was worth doing. God help us to see that there is business to do for God. So it's out in the deep waters where you're serving your God that you'll see the great wonders of God. Look in verse 24. Those guys that went out to the sea and ships, verse 24 says, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. got a lot of stories I could tell. Things that I know I could never be able to tell with the rejoicing and a burning of heart had I just sat in a pew and not got involved. Just have been content to go back home after Bible college, drive my 72 Camaro. Kind of still wish I had that, but go back and cruise the streets of Franklin, Ohio, see a bunch of friends all the time, you know, have a good time every weekend, but have missed out on the wonders in the deep that God has for those who step out to do business for the Lord. Has God been calling you for something? Has he been pushing on that heart and has he been tugging in a direction? Why are you holding back? Great wonders. There's great stories to be told. There's great testimonies to be had for those who do great business for the Lord. Number two, <clears throat> great deliverance will cost great helplessness. Did everybody get that? Great deliverance, those big stories people have to tell. Man, God lifted me up in the ark. He closed the mouth of the, of the lions, you know. Yeah, and he, he, uh, he kept the heat from burning us up. Where do you get great stories like that? Well, let me just remind you of this. Great deliverances require, sometimes will cost, great helplessness. Look in verse 25. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof, they mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. But is there anybody else that's been through those verses? Your heart was just melted. Uh, you staggered in your heart. You just... You didn't have strength to stand. You didn't think you're going to be able to go on and serve the Lord. These guys, how did he say it there? Um, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They 
reel to and fro, stagger like a drunken man. They're at their wit's end. I mean, guys, here's the deal, and here's what you need to understand about these guys who stepped out to do great business. They had lost all hope at this point, and, and they couldn't see any way out. I just out trying to serve God, and, and this huge storm came up, and we had such great business to be done, and, and we just kept driving and plowing, and yet the waves kept crashing down until where I couldn't even think about the business I was supposed to be doing, and my heart became so overwhelmed, I couldn't even think about if it was me. I couldn't even think about the ministry if it was you and whatever God's led you to do. I couldn't keep my mind on the things that God was trying to lead me to do. I wasn't a good mother during those times. I wasn't a good dad. My heart just wasn't there. Maybe as a teenager, you've been through some very deep things, and you just couldn't think straight because great deliverance many times requires great helplessness where you get to a place where you can't see any way out and i got to tell you that is a hopeless place in life to be paul tells about the time where he was in such a bad place in his life and here's his words he said we were pressed out of measure you know what he means by that out of measure the measure of grace and strength that I had been given to be able to handle life and anything that comes pounding in at me, but it had gotten to the place that I was pressed out of measure. It was beyond anything I had to be able to handle it. He said it was above strength in so much that we despaired even of life. You know what he means when he says that? We were dead men. We were walking dead men, and it was just a matter of time before we were going to die. He lost all hope, and there was no chance for life to to still come to them because the waves were pounding in upon them and everywhere they looked was just a bad place in life. My heart's burdened for a a man tonight that's that's in this place in his life. And uh, I've tried to mention it and I have to be generic, but I'd appreciate if you'll pray for a man like that with me over the next week. It'd really be a great encouragement. When you get to that place, guys, I'm just trying to serve God in the process of stepping out doing great business and just trying to serve the Lord. And then the storms come, not just a lightning thunderstorm, I mean pounding winds and life is sinking me. My boat is going under you. The Bible said the waves would mount up and then the next thing you know they come crashing back down and it's unbelievable. The mighty power of God in the force of nature. To see and realize how small and insignificant my life really is. That God could take my life out in just a moment's time. Could flick me off the face of this earth, earth if God wanted to. And this is the place in life where many people will say, Listen, I love great stories of God's deliverance in my life. But I can't stand those feelings of helplessness. And I just soon not have to go through those. I think I'm going to back off. Life's gotten to the place in my life where if this is great business for God, then I'm stepping off the boat. And I'll stand back and I'll clap for everybody else trying to serve the Lord and I'll cheer you on and I might even help facilitate you every now and then with some supplies or whatever and I'll be your cheerleader. But I'm done. I can't take anymore of this hopelessness and helplessness that he's talking about here would you agree with me people balk at helplessness we get to that place where i don't have any more strength i don't have any more answers 
I, uh, I certainly don't have it in my wallet. I mean, I, I, man, is there any way uh, something that could be done with one of the cards? <laughs> is there anything in life that could help me and get me past this place in my life? And you find nothing. And sometimes when you're praying and crying out to God, it just seems like, you know, the heavens are brass and where's God when I really must have to have him? You know, people want to feel like they're in control. You know what I'm talking about when I say that. You don't want to lose control. You don't like that feeling when you don't feel like you're in control. Because when you were young or as a child or when you were um, at a weak moment in life, people took advantage of you in some way. Could have been at work, could have been a family relative, could have been any number of things. And you didn't have any say in that matter back then. But today I'm the adult and nobody's going to try to run my life. I'm going to make sure things turn out the way I want them to be. And what you're saying is that's the way I feel secure. That's the way I feel like I'm going to make it in life because I, I'm making sure I'm controlling the situation now. You never say it in those words. You may not even realize that's what you're doing, but many Christians do that. And I'm just telling you, great deliverance sometimes requires great helplessness. Be willing to step out there in a place where you don't know where the next help is going to come from, the next bite of food might come from, the next... Uh, ounce of strength that you need just to take one more step you be willing to step out and do great business for God and let God show you I will be your help <coughs> as helpless as it might seem to you right now sadly <clears throat> at this point in the ship is where a lot of people bail out and are on the sidelines they might come to church maybe Lots of them don't. Lots of folks are just done with this God thing, with this Christianity thing. You got into a situation, somebody hurt your feelings. Other Christians did such unbelievable things that would never happen, that should never happen with Christianity. Really, that's the, that's the house of God? <clears throat> and, and you were so broken, and everywhere you turned, it, it was just life was crashing in on you. What happened, friend? You became helpless. Right in the place where God wanted you. You were trying to serve the Lord. You were doing great business for God. And God brought you to a place where you could do nothing about that. God allowed you to get to that place. We'll just, let's just say tonight, number three, great deliverance requires great dependence. Verse 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh a storm a calm, so that the waters thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. How many of us can look back on a time of great affliction in our life I'm always preaching and I always get to tell my stories and you know my stories I've been to that place I promise you with all my heart I've been to the place where it was utter helplessness I've been to the place where I've been in my office on my knees <clears throat> before I would step in here to preach sobbing 
to the Lord Sunday after Sunday after Sunday before I would step in here and try to preach a message to the 1045 crowd to try to be an encouragement and a help to the people and I am literally dying inside begging God to give me the strength to get up off my knees and walk in here and preach I know what that's like I know the helpless feeling maybe you can look back on your time uh, a time in your life it might be even tonight I don't know but we were just trying to serve the Lord hey we launched out into the deep we signed up uh, sign my name up on that ship I I'm 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 gonna do business for God <clears throat> we had committed to serving the great God and somewhere along the way the greatness of God rose up in your heart and you knew God was so great and mighty and you knew there was nobody else worth serving and you laid your heart down before God maybe at an altar or somewhere at your home and God had so um, convicted your heart and you knelt down and committed to God and you were just trying to serve the Lord we had the king's business to do and a great burden and passion to serve him with all our heart was burning within us but then it happened something totally blindsided us we were absolutely in total despair we had never felt so helpless in our entire life <clears throat> so we cried out to God and God saw our trouble and God came and calmed those raging waters and verse 28 says he even brought us to our desired haven I have to tell you between the troubled waters I kind of went through this scenario with uh, leaving Egypt and making it to the promised land but between the raging storm and the ship rising up and pounding to the ground between that place and where you finally get over here to where God brings a calmness in and the waves are still and your heart becomes glad and you're just filled with joy and glory uh, between those two spots are a lot of times where we're on our face before the Lord begging and crying out to God you say well that guy just cried out to God and <clears throat> here comes the you know the hand of God and calmed everything down just seemed like it happened just like that that's not necessarily what happened there we don't know that but what I do know in life is there is a period between beginning of the raging storm and the calmed waters there's a period in here that God's doing a great work in your life and God is teaching you that while you are totally helpless he is totally capable all the time I'm, I'm so glad to be able to look back from this vantage point look back over in my stormy waters and be able to know that there is a great God that can carry me through the most helpless time in my entire life I I can say that without a shadow of doubt that I know my God will take care of me we, we look back on times with um, even things like our daughter Amber with the uh, the cancer and we thought it what parent doesn't think immediately the worst you hear your daughter has cancer a week married and all these things and that trip that I drove from the men's rally back to Sioux Falls that night and then got up early the next morning and drove all the way on into Indianapolis <clears throat> I have to tell you was that trip between here 
and here. And God was doing a work in my heart. I was totally helpless. And when all you can do is just, you know, drive and pray and weep and just beg for God, I promise you God is doing a great work in your heart during those times. You're not left alone. You are not helpless like it seems. But God loves us so tenderly and wants to do a great work in your life. I, I, I know that. So I want to challenge you tonight. Don't stop crying out to God. Don't, don't stop just saying, God, that's more than I can handle. God knows that. And God loves to see his children in total dependence upon him. So remember, great deliverance requires great dependence. You get to that place where you realize... <laughs> all I've got is God, then you'll realize that's all you ever needed in the first place. Just God. Great deliverance requires great dependence. Verse 31, you want to look at it with me again? Now here he is sitting in the ship he's looking around at the still waters hard to even imagine how rough things were just two minutes ago and here he is in verse 31 and he says oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men when's the last time you praised him for that just every now and then god will prod my heart and prick my heart and remind me of my helpless storm and it's so good to raise a hand and say thank you Jesus praise God for your deliverance in my life and while I feel like I have a story that I can tell um, I know I would have never had a story of great deliverance had I not been willing to step out to do great business for the Lord and I would challenge you tonight to answer the question where are you with those leadings of God to do something for the Lord. Whatever that would be, whatever God's been leading you to do, are you willing or are you back there balking and saying, I don't, I'm not, not me, I'm not going to get into that committed stuff. I don't mind Christianity on the sidelines, but don't ask me to get out on the field and actually run with the ball. <clears throat> I, I, I've been there. But I'm going to tell you what, the greatest joy and the greatest blessing Is that guy running the football, getting tackled, (laughs) getting beat up, only has two teeth left in his head, but he's having the time of his life, doing what he was made to do. And I would challenge every Christian here tonight, look in your heart. Are you committed to doing the work of the Lord? I want to ask you to stand with me tonight, our heads bowed and eyes closed. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.